And welcome to JoJo's World. Buongiorno, Miami. I'm one of your hosts, Liam S. Smith. And I'm Nick Ballantyne. So, Nick, today we watched episode 9, The Final Ripple. These are tears of joy. Liam. End of part 1 of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, The Phantom Blood. Beautiful finish screen. Beautiful. Uh, be- before we kick off, I have distressing news. What? <clears throat> <laughs> oh, God, this is going to be real. Poco is a Southern California country rock band originally formed by Richie Fure, Jim Messina, and Rusty Young. Formed following the demise of Buffalo Springfield in 1968, Poco was part of the first wave of the West Coast country genre. Poco is a real thing. Yeah. Wait, so does that mean that Poco might later become a villain? Because some of the... No. I'll tell you right now, we never see Poco again after this episode. Oh, okay, good. That's good. So... Opening of the episode, where we kick off. Uh, well, we just have a brief recollection of events with an excerpt from ages ago with the newspaper. Well, before that, though. Before that? Yeah, we go back to the castle as... Uh, oh, yeah! With Dio falling to the yeah. ground. And we see that as he falls out of sight of the others and we assume he's destroyed, he manages to muster up the strength to sever his own head before the ripple can reach it. Dun-dun-dun! Quick thinking. Well, I mean, you know, decapitating yourself doesn't seem... I mean, he's in a bit of a pinch, but... Yeah. It's kind of like the last measure you would take, but at the same time, it works. Yeah, yeah. And we also see your favourite... The Wang- strange Orient man. Wang Chung is still alive. <laughs> oh, Wang Chung. He scoops up Dio's head and is like, don't worry, Dio, Master Dio will get you a new body, and then jumps away into the night. I just love the look on his face of, <laughs> Oh, he's so beautiful. So then we get a, a newspaper excerpt. Yeah, from 1888. Yeah. I think, yeah. December. December 1888. The 70, London Press. 70-something people go missing. 73. 73 people out of 400 and something. Yeah. We really should have noted down that number at some point over these nine episodes. Specific. We've talked about it enough. Yeah. 73 people go missing in yep. this, like, place over there. Oh, by I mean, the way, lot. these two got married. Yeah. But also, certain eyewitness accounts said four people were seen burning some clothes oh, yeah. at the base of a cliff. And one of them smashed a stone mask with a hammer. And then we see Speedwagon one-handedly grip a sledgehammer and smash the mask into pieces. Yeah. Now, that confused me a lot, but, you know. Why? Well, the entire series is predicated on Dio kind of got the mask, and then he kind of got away. Mm -hmm. But then the mask is destroyed? Yeah. So he doesn't use the mask ever again? Dio does not use the stone mask ever again. Shit. All right. Okay. He's already. Why would he need the mask again? He's already well, a vampire. I mean, you know, he might use it on someone else, and then, then be like... he would have contenders, and no one can be as good as Dio. Yeah, that's true. He is quite egotistical. Yeah, that's fair. Then we cut to the opening credits, featuring sound effects this time. Yeah, as things like um explode on fire. Yeah, there's like a whoosh, and when Dio kisses Arena, it goes like and it's amazing. So good. I love when they fire off the shots to kill Dio and then when they hit him (laughs) yeah it's like oh this is beautiful it's really well in time with the music too I find yeah it's amazing that must have been like a serious consideration when they were constructing that part of the animation yeah well I mean a lot of like music sort of rhythm of the shots yeah a lot of music videos will tend to have like rhythmic elements in their thing yeah 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 and now at the end, we've reached the end of the uh, the animated sequence in the OP as the uh, the stone mask plunges into water and that water fills up with blood. 
dun, dun, foreshadowing dun. the ultimate fates of Dio and Jojo. Oh, nice. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sick allegory. Metal Gear. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so, then we see that Jojo and Arena have been married. <gasps> uh, Speedwagon's in a cafe reading a newspaper, and uh, the shot of it, the shot of the wedding in the newspaper is like a weird stained glass picture of Jojo and Arena. Yeah, it seems very odd that they would pick that shot for a newspaper. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think that Jonathan Joestar was quite that high profile amongst the community, but apparently he gets in from the newspaper. the noble Joestar family from Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah, notable. What's the Liverpudlian accent like? Isn't that kind of Scouse or... Uh, I don't actually know. It's like, oi, mate. I know Yorkshire, eh? Because... <laughs> 100% realism, which is not a Jojo thing, but that Jojo should be speaking like that, I would imagine. Hey, you think you're gonna get me? Although he is noble, so he probably has like the whole received pronunciation yeah. thing going on. Yeah, he probably is a bit, you know, better than all that. Although, why isn't Speedway? Although Speedwagon does talk like that. Like yeah, he but he's from London. Yeah, he's from London, true. Speedwagon's like, in the dub, the couple would travel to America. Nice. Blazers, look what time it is. Their ship's about to leave. He grabs Zapelli's hat, now his hat, runs out the door and goes and meets them at the dock. And guess who's waiting there? All of Jonathan's best friends are there. And the ones that tried to kill yeah. him in Ogre Street. <laughs> You've got uh, Tattoo, the other guy. Right, <laughs> so we don't know his name. <laughs> <laughs> Straitso and Tom Petty are there, and Poco and his sister. Oh, Poco. Do you, oh, maybe maybe Poco's sister and the other guy will hook up, because neither of them have names. Ooh. No, wait, didn't... No, her, she had a name. No, we've talk, we talked about this last time, remember? Um, oh, yeah. Someone on the JoJo wiki keeps linking to her page um, with the name Peggy, but mm. her page is still just called Poco's sister. Yeah, true, true. We'll get there eventually. <laughs> Here we go. I mean, the thing is, like, of all the people to talk, it was just Poco. Yeah, it, and Speedwagon. It was only Poco and Speedwagon. Well, they, they, the they, they were with him for the longest time of any of that group. Yeah, but... Else, not even that way. You save on uh, animation on voice actor costs. Ugh. Yeah, I would have much preferred like the guy without a name said something, but no, no, nothing. Uh, and meanwhile, also on the dock is Father Sticks. Um, his he's a Catholic priest, and his uh, superiors are sending him on a mission to uh, the Americas. Uh, what do you know about Sticks? Well, I know that they tend to fall off trees. But um, Tish, thank you. Good night. They're brown and sticky. Yeah. Uh, I don't actually know that much about sticks. Okay. Um, I know that they're a 70s and 80s rock band. Yeah. And uh, you might know one of their later hits was uh, Mr. Roboto. Oh. You know that song? Is that the one that... Domo arigato yeah. is apparently oh. written for a musical. Which musical? I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I read, like, I skimmed, like, it's the song summary on Wikipedia and it sounds pretty bonkers. Mm. And they also did that Come Sail Away song. Oh, interesting. I mean, you know, interesting that they would pick sticks with Come Sail Away with me. Yeah. Oh, did you ever end up asking your dad about uh, Tom Petty? No, I didn't! God damn it! I'll go home tonight and then... Oh, I heard a song of his the other day that was like, oh, that's him. But I've forgotten what it was. Um, <laughs> but it's... You, you would definitely know this song if you heard it. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Um, if anyone who's listening to this knows that song, <laughs> leave it in the comments. Well, he's a very famous person. <laughs> it's like, he's, Nick, he's a very famous person. We're just, we're just re- recluses. Yeah. With our anime podcast. Like, yeah, we're just like, we just like anime. And they're like, huh, you know nothing of Tom Petty. It's like, no, we don't. So Speedwagon starts running around the docks like a lost dog looking for Jojo. Yeah, he, uh, he fumbles. Fumbles a lot. He bumps into these burly looking men who are carrying a big ornate chest. Chest. Yep. It's a coffin. <laughs> Let's not beat around the bush here. It's a fucking coffin. These guys in the dub are possibly the most amazing characters in the world. 
So the first thing one of them says uh, after after like get out of the way speed wagon or whatever, he's like, "We've been eyed by that Asian bloke, so we move it where he says." <laughs> and then he hears a scary noise um, from inside the coffin, and like it, he ch- gets chilled for a second. Yeah, he hears the of vampire. Yeah, and then he says, "Did you boys hear that?" And then the other one behind him says, "Quit flapping your blasted cakehole. Now move it. We don't get paid till the job's done." Uh, I think my favourite thing about this bit is just that they refer to Wang Chun as the weird Asian man. Yeah. Yeah, the weird Asian man paid us, so let's do the job. And you go, you didn't even learn his name. No. Even though he was a Didn't even see him in the daytime. No. So weird. So you should always meet your potential employers outside in the day so you know you're not being interviewed by a vampire. Yeah, well, I mean, that's what Interview with a Vampire was all about. Sure. (laughs) That resolves. Speedwagon picks himself up off the ground, and uh, Paco's like, look, they're there on the ship, and uh, Jonathan and Arena are there. They start waving. The ship starts to leave, and uh, Paco runs alongside it as it goes. Ugh, it's like Uh, a train. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's a very evocative... Filmmaking <laughs> Mo- moment in in stories. Ugh, the worst. And Speedwagon's like, if they ever need me, I'll come running. Though right now, I think I just get in the way. Uh, uh, get it? Because you're gonna, you know. Go on. I don't know why I Use started using my fist instead. <laughs> of... They're gonna, you know, start boning like skellies. Moving on. <laughs> Um, we get a shot of the ship taking off and then D- Dio's chest sparkling ominously in the cavern. <laughs> Not Dio's chest because he's been decapitated, like, um, but Dio's chest. The sound of pressure is also heard, if you know what I mean. Like a sort of... Yeah, yeah, yeah that like, if you're on a ship. Like, yeah, like what you would hear if you were below the waterline on a ship. Mm, mm. Which is interesting because, you know, he's in a coffin. Below the waterline on a ship. <laughs> interesting, isn't it? <laughs> So Styx drops his cross onto the coffin at this yeah. point. Yeah. No, no, not yet. Oh, no, first, um, yeah. Arena meets some birds and starts crying. <laughs> so this scene... It's sunset now. This scene is just, I think, meant to be deeply, deeply moving. Where it's like... It's so romantic. But the thing is, when the first bird comes down, it's animated in such a way that it looks like all his feathers are just falling yeah. off. Yeah. He's just like frantically... Oh, it's crying. flown out to see the die, like what seagulls do. Yeah. And you're just like... Hah! And she's like, one bird away from its flock. <gasps> so, it's so meaningful. So symbolic. And then a second bird comes and join it and they start like nuzzling each other. Because the birds are a metaphor for Jojo and Arena. Really? Are they just now? <laughs> Two birds away from their flock? My yeah. god. So then they come down, they meet, and then what? Jonathan comes out and is all like, Hey, check out my suit. What's what's, uh, what's, what's up, girl? You, uh, you like what you see? Yeah, she does. Yeah, because they're married. Oh, you're crying. And she's like, these birds are just so beautiful. <laughs> oh, they're tears of joy, Liam. They're tears of joy. So there's a, there's like a flashback to all the times Jojo was a great guy. And she's, she's talking about how he was always a gentleman and now he's great. And when it wasn't cool. Yeah. <laughs> he was a gentleman before it was cool. He was the hip gentleman. And then Jonathan replies with his monologue about how he's fortunate to have saved a world that has arena in it. And they're really stretching the budget on these this conversation. Yeah. Because it's just like a still shot while their voice is overlaid on it. Now the thing is at first I thought, oh yeah, it's a bit of a monologue. Okay. And then he responds yeah. by going, ah oh, yes, I feel much the same way. And you go, hang on. Wait, she you guys are talking? <laughs> what? Uh, what? But you know, it's like that moment in time that they never want to end. Yeah. If only they could be there forever. But they can't. Death comes for us all. <laughs> 
That's the moral of the story. Because as soon as Jonathan turns around, wham! Bumps his head into the doorframe like a big old galoot. The damn fool. How naive of him. (laughs) And she's like, oh, I was going to warn you not to bump your head. And then I didn't because I thought it would be funny. That's not what happened at all. Well, I mean, you know, it probably, it's implied, okay? It's implied. (laughs) We're married now. I have to be a bit more of a dick because I can get away with it. I mean, if Dio was married to John, it would be the same deal. Also, he'd probably try to kill him a lot more than yeah. Arena. Yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> they, they're like, come, supper's waiting. And they all laugh. It's like that laughter that um, Zapelli did with Jonathan way back in episode <laughs> three or whatever. Yeah. yeah, that laughter. Where it's like so obviously forced, but yeah. they're so obviously in love. So now we see Father Sticks. Now we see Father Sticks mm-hmm. accidentally drop his cross onto Dio's coffin. Yeah. That is still closed at this point. It's He drops it through a little grate in the floor and it's like, oh, that's down in the engine room. Ah, oh, of course it'd be down there. Tries to take a swig whilst also talking. Ventriloquist? Possibly. <laughs> Was Sticks known for its ventriloquist size? <laughs> that's a good gimmick for a, for a band. <laughs> They just come out on stage. So they're all mannequins. So you get the, the impression he's kind of like a disillusioned priest because he says he'd sell the cross, but it brings in the money. Yeah, it feels like he's sort of been exiled by the church, yeah. which is why he's getting sent well, to America. I think because he also gets a flashback in his chapter in the manga. Oh, and I think he sort of complains in that about how he always gets like the bad assignments. Ah. So maybe he's just sort of he's not really he's into not the whole gray. thing, but he likes the. Yeah, he's just not a really good priest. You know? No, no. He's just kind of shitty. In the dub, he says, I could sell it, but it brings in the shekels. Which seems like an unusual thing for a Catholic priest to say to me. Say, Well, he's a pretty shitty priest, isn't he? Because shekels are... I mean, that's a, a phrase that's made its way into like contemporary Yiddish slang. Yeah. And also were the unit of currency in ancient Israel. Whoa, okay. I mean, maybe that's telling of where he's from. Or maybe it's just telling of what he prioritises. Iranian currency. Israelian. Israelian currency. Israeli? I don't know. Yeah, it'll be in... Yeah. Israeli currency over, you know... Good solid American currency? Yeah. Where are you going with this? Over literally anything, I guess. (laughs) I think it's just slang. It's just Just, over there. I just like me as weird slang for uh, a Catholic priest to use. Yeah, it's over there in that strange, strange land. So meanwhile, Jojo and Arena are at dinner and he's trying to peer pressure her into drinking wine. Like a douche. But you know why, right? Come on, just have a bit. Enough to get a taste. I like it. (laughs) Just enough to get drunk and then maybe I'll take you back to my room and then we'll consummate. Well, as we learn later, they've already been doing it. Yeah, but like, you know, it was back then. They're married, Nick. It's okay. Yeah, all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. I just got the feeling that, like, they immediately went from the wedding to the boat. Yeah. And you just go, they didn't have any time for sex. No, well, I, I, I realised, checking, there are two times where dates are listed in this episode. And um, oh? the newspaper from earlier was uh, in December. Oh, and then yeah, true. The later date later, card. February 7. Yeah. yeah. So they've, they've been together for a Holy couple of months. Holy crap! Like, that's two months. For the, wait. Two to three months, depending yeah, on where, where you slice it. For that newspaper to actually come out. <laughs> no. Yeah, because he's reading it there and just going, uh, Oh, yes. yeah. No, that's a different newspaper. No, it's the same newspaper. No, it's just a transition because he's reading about All their right. wedding. All right. Yeah, but if he's reading about the wedding, the newspaper would have come out. They, the other newspaper was about Win Night's Lot. Okay, but then if they got married on the same... Oh, well, they're the probably- separate newspapers, Nick. All right. Okay, fine. Okay, they're two different newspapers. But then... Yeah, all right, fair enough. So there's like a sudden gasp and... Um, <gasps> Strange everything com- Everything colour shifts to like sort of blue-green. Jonathan stands up and drops his glass of wine to the floor in shock. Shatters. In slow motion. <laughs> because what does he see? 
weird Asian man. He has a name, Nicholas. Fine, Wang Chun. Yeah. The weird Asian man. He's sort of on the other side of the um, the dining hall and he slips into into a back hallway. Well, I, I think slip is the wrong word. He dramatically skulks. leaps. Okay, dramatically skulks. <laughs> yeah, he dramatically skulks by jumping off the walls. Like, he literally he just sort of, jumps like, everywhere. snickers a bit. Yeah, he does. Well, he does really that with, like... So, Jonathan's like, oh, shit. Um, Arena, go back to the cabin and lock the door. I'm gonna go look at this. Guess what she doesn't do, guys. She does Spoiler alert. Guess what she doesn't do. Which is was a good thing in the end. Yeah, it's a good thing in retrospect. Yeah. Principle of the Meanwhile, Styx has made his way to the engine room to get his cross. What a terrible amateur mistake. And the chest there is still sparkling. Oh, yeah, it is still sparkling, yeah. isn't it? Like, after all this time, it's still sparkling. Uh-huh. Terrible. <laughs> And he sees the like, latch. Yeah, he's he, he's sort of idly looking at the chair. He's like, that's strange, the lock's undone. And now that I look at it closely, the latch is on the inside. Which means this trunk was meant to be locked from the inside. What? And then, I think, it's a very quick shot, so I couldn't really make it out, but I think the red jewel on the front of it shoots yeah. through his head. Yeah, And he exactly dies. It. R.I.P. Father Sticks. We barely knew you. In the manga, you were introduced, had a flashback explaining your goals, and then died all in the same chapter. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. End of subplot. Very well done, Sticks. Now how will the, the heathens in the Americas ever find God? Uh, well, that's the beauty of it. They never did. So, um... <laughs> Jojo follows Wang Chung into that room, uh, sticks his body's never seen again. Yeah, he kind of gets his head exploded and then disappears. Yep. Or he just gets forgotten because... He's not important anymore. Yeah. The plot has moved on without him. He had his chance. Yeah. Why, why did we get introduced to him if he just... Oh, doesn't matter. We didn't get introduced to him that much. So Wang Chung p- opens the chest and pulls out Dio's head in a glass jar. with has like very sort of Victorian science looking yeah. design to it. And it is now sparkling. <laughs> It's also very Futurama-esque if Futurama was set in the past. Because it's just like this, okay. this glass Yeah, it's jar. like sort of Art Nouveau. Yeah. And you just look at it and you go, huh, that's, that looks a lot like something from Futurama. <laughs> Except more ornate. Okay, right. Yeah. It's just a head in a tube. Oh, right, I see what you're trying. Yeah, yeah. And then, meanwhile, Arena resolves to follow him and gets up from the table. And I really like this transition because she gets up... Um, this whole shot, you've been able to see a woman with a baby behind her. Hmm. She gets up to reveal this other man sitting at the table with the woman. Yeah. And as she leaves, the man sort of, like, monsters out. Yeah. And the woman shrieks, and that's the end of the shot. Dun dun dun. She's screwed. Yeah. Spoiler alert, she is screwed. So, meanwhile, in the hold, Jojo's like, Why would I show my weakness to my deadliest... No, that's Dio, sorry. (laughs) Dio's like, Why would I show my weakness to my deadliest foe? Because though I once despised you, now I have only the greatest respect for your spirit, your valour in battle, your power. I see it now, how incredible you are. See, that's exactly how battle works. It's like, oh yeah, you bested me. I respect you now. That has happened so much in this series, though. It has. It really (laughs) has. Like, Bruford? Speedwagon? Yeah, true, Speedwagon. The other two, apparently. And literally everyone is just like, ah, you're Jojo. I respect you for beating me. (laughs) It's like how um, when people get kidnapped by Big Boss, they they join him. (laughs) 
Yeah, but that's not really by choice, is it? That's you going Fulton away. Yeah. Well, the um Metal Gear diversion, <laughs> the drunk Metal Gear history thing I was watching recently, Chip and Ironicus. Gotta watch that. Talks about how that's like a really good way of justifying how there's this scientist in Metal Gear One, not Solid, uh, Metal Gear One, yeah, who is a hostage of Big Boss, or you don't know what's Big Boss at the time, but the villain. And then in Metal Gear Two, the same hostage is collaborating with him. Huh. Same scientist, rather. Huh. Do we know his name? I can't remember it. Damn it. All right. But, yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Jojo. Jojo. <laughs> mullet. <laughs> Dio, yep, Dio's got his incredible mullet on full display. Brother. Brother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he wants to take Jonathan's body because he needs a new body and Jonathan is the only man worthy of that honour. Because he's bested him in battle and now he yeah. only... Respects. He's got like a sort of like weird like love for him now. Yeah, he's got mad love. Although... As we find out later, they both have mad love. But yeah. his love is a very different love in that he wants to decapitate him and take his Which body. Which is a really, st- really interesting compa- comparison to how the, the buff era of their lives started, where mm. they were both pretending to be really good brothers to each other, but secretly loathed each other. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's still happening, but it's just implied, <laughs> as opposed to... Well, now they're definitely mortal enemies, at least. Yeah, now at least they're at each other's throats, quite literally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was, a, it was a good joke. It was a good joke, that one. He's like, if not for you, I never would have obtained my power. But then you ruined all my plans. And cut, and you forced me to cut my head off. Yeah. Awkward. From this point on through to like the, the mid-episode break, the rest of this bit is basically just Dio monologuing. Yeah, which is fantastic. Dub Dio really like choose the scenery in this. He's like, our two existences were only intended to be but one. So I will take the body of the only man on this planet I respect. Then I will live in eternal glory. For that is the destiny that is waiting for me. There will be no pain. That is the final gift I bequeath to you. <laughs> Bequeath. Yeah. Anytime you use the word bequeath. On a triple word score. Yeah, that's... Oh boy. Then he shoots out eye lasers. <laughs> Again. Well, actually, first he sort of, like, glares at Jonathan, and Jojo's yeah. like... His eyes! I can't move. So maybe that's, like, the sort of vampire hypnotism oh, yeah, that's thing. The, that's the, um... What do you call it? Not the charm. The, um... Oh, what do you call it? Glamour. Yeah, glamour. That's the one. Where it's like, they can look at you and just... You feel the need to just be with them. Thrall. Yeah. Vampire powers Woo. that never came up before. <laughs> I just love, it's like, he has laser eyes, and then, bam, he's frozen. As opposed to just going, or oh, I could just shoot you right now. Well, he wanted to make it painless. True, he did want to make it painless, but he failed. Yeah, he made it very, very painful. Yeah, he made it extremely Jonathan painful. Jonathan holds up his hands to block the blasts, and the blasts go through his palms. Jesus. Um, <laughs> and, uh... It's a subtle allegory. Strike him on either side of the neck. Like... In the throat. Yeah, like... Well, they sort of, like, go around the throat and get, like, his neck bones. Maybe his jugulars? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, Carotids. there's just a whole lot of blood coming out. And you're just like, ooh. Ooh, not quite. But he can still talk. Well, he can't really talk, he, but he can sort of talk. He can talk after he uses the ripple a bit later. Because that yeah. fixes him up just enough to be able to talk. Yeah. But then, after he's shot, I can't... He's like, I can't breathe or speak. Shit. This is bad. <laughs> He's broken something. Something important. Yeah, so he gets shot just as Arena comes into the room and is like, what? Yeah, Arena's just there going, okay, hold the hell up. Let's just let's just take a minute and dial things back a bit. What's going on? Yeah, just, I'm sorry. Um, what are those things that just shot through your neck? And why is there a man? Yeah. Oh, I know that. He was my first kiss, wasn't he? No, no, she doesn't, remember? She's all like, what? Who is that? It's like, well, I think it's- you may not recognise me, dear, but I was your first love. <laughs> He describes himself as, like, the lurker in the shadows or something. Ugh. Of course he would. So edgy. Gives himself a title. Ugh. Loves himself way too much. 
Jojo also collapses against this beam and it's like he's sitting there for most of the rest of it. <laughs> he only does one thing for the rest of this episode. Oh, and it's oh, no, great. He does two things. After yeah. um after after Arena recognizes that it's Dio, she's like, Dio! And that's punctuated by all these zombie arms bursting through the wall behind her yeah. and trying to grab her. And that's like a really good um Metaphor. moment. So we also see a bit more of the chaos happening on the ship. It's, uh, it's getting bad. The the woman from earlier and a man are running from zombies. In what can only be called the greatest death of the series. So a zombie is like hanging from the ceiling or something and he throws a flotation ring at the man. How does that work out for him? Exploding his head. Yeah. On impact. And then the woman's like, oh no. And then she runs in the hallway a bit more and there's a, a terrifying looking man with an axe there. Yeah, see that one is more plausible than a flotation device exploding at the Those man's things head. are pretty solid. Dude, if have you ever thrown one at someone though? No. It's not gonna, like, explode Not with zombie strength? Even then, it would just... It would explode on you. I mean, these are these are the ship flotation devices. They're made of some sort of foam. They're not the inflatable ones. Yeah, those would just sort of not hurt you to death. Surely. Surely. I know things about things. <laughs> she flies backwards through the wall and falls down the stairs in the engine room and blood seeps out from beneath her. <gasps> poor, poor woman. God damn it. Poor baby. I don't know why the wound was on her back, though. Well, I mean, you know, she got cut with an axe. All axe wounds happen. I guess, yeah, maybe she turned around to protect the babe. Yeah, otherwise the baby would be hella dead. Mm-hmm. Mm. But she's dead now. Oh, Jonathan's theme starts playing at this point, and I was like, I turned to him like, his theme is so good. Yeah, you really like, like that sort theme. of, like, orchestral music that's been playing throughout the whole series whenever he's like, my heart blazes with Hamon energy. Look how I'm going to punch you now. <laughs> I'm going to rip you to shreds. And now it's playing as he's unable to breathe, slumped against a post in the bowels of a ship overrun with zombies. <laughs> yeah, he's just stuck there. Not so stuck. Wang like Chung reveals that Dio asked him to to zombify one passenger, and then that sort of spread throughout the ship, and now basically everyone's undead. And the house of guards falls like a domino. Checkmate. <laughs> you sunk my battleship. <laughs> Literally sunk the battleship. Not a battleship, Nick. It's a tramp steamer. I'm sorry. <laughs> so that's like classic. That's classic zombie story yeah. sort of trope where you get one in an enclosed space and then it, yeah, it all goes to hell. Theory. It all takes over. <laughs> so at this at this point, um, Wang Chung and Dio are closing in on Jonathan and they're going to cut his head off. I mean, that seems like a pretty solid tactic. Yeah, yeah. You know. And Wang Chung's gloating and then Dio is like, "Hey, show him some respect." Do it painlessly, you git. Yeah. There shall be no insult to Jojo. He is the only man capable of bringing me to the apex of my fate. You will show him all the respect which is due to him by severing his head in a painless manner. This is oddly polite. That's dear for you. Yeah, but he's trying to scold him. He's like, you shall do so in this precise manner, sir. Well, he has a very harsh voice. I, I don't do it oh, justice. Oh, okay. All right. And then Jojo stands up and makes like a, uh, a martial arts pose. And Dio's like, wait, back up, back up, back up. Something's, got, something's up. He's up to something. <laughs> He's like, got some sort of ace in his sleeve. And Wang Chung's like, nah, it's fine. Now, this was his first mistake. Yeah. So Jojo uses the last of his ham on. Uh, Even his... though we've basically been told he can't breathe right now. So he would still have some in him from the breath before. That's how I, I assume. I guess. And maybe it's like the equivalent of his deep pass overdrive. <laughs> <laughs> the deep pass. He deep passes all of his ham on into Wang Chung's head and explodes it. <laughs> In this beautiful way of like doing this, yeah, which is what like are you doing? the the thunder kick one. The oh, the thunder kick. cross. Yeah, the split. thunder cross split, except without the split. Yeah, that's no, the thunder cross. It's the deep thunder cross pass. <laughs> Overdrive. Oh no! He didn't have enough energy to destroy Wang Chung, 
but he could control his body because that's apparently a thing Hamon can do now. I mean, you know, it stands to reason, given that they have no blood. All right, sure. <laughs> it, you know, it makes perfect anime he uses, sense. He uses the inherent magnetism in Wang oh, Chang's body. Oh, God. <laughs> he uses the power of magnets to control him to go to the nearest magnet. Which grabs onto, to be this plot He grabs onto the, the, the ship steam shaft and uh, uses his zombie strength to... Um, to Stop it. Basically. Dio starts giving us a monologue about how steamships work. This thing is connected to everything else, which means that if that stops... He's grabbed onto the paddle's screw shaft. The strength of a zombie is sufficient to stall the mechanism. If the shaft is stopped, steam pressure in the piston will build up inexorably. Under such conditions, there is but one end. The ship will explode. That's all you need to know, people. The ship's going to explode. Thanks, Dio. Now I've passed my steam engineering finals. (laughs) Oh, you think that's enough for steam engineering files? Yeah, I know. Ooh. Steam moves piston, piston moves machine. If piston should stop, machine explodes. I don't know if that's quite enough for the finals, though. Surely you would need to know that that is connected to all those tubes. And all those dials. Yeah, true. The dials are quite important. Because if they start doing this, like the weird fluctuations... Then you're in trouble. Oh, buddy. Oh, um, at some point Dio got out of his... Oh, yeah, when uh, Jojo did his counterattack, Dio was knocked out of his... um. His, his tube. Yeah, so he spends most of the rest of this scene hanging from the ceiling. I just keep thinking he's floating. Yeah, because well, you see, I think you only see it in one shot, but he extends his hair out somehow. Yeah. Prehensile hair, the worst power. Hey. And uh, uses it to grab a rafter or something in the ceiling. Yeah. And then basically every other shot we see, I assume because that would be hard to depict in a way that doesn't look terrible, mm-hmm. is sort of looking down from him so you can just see the, the very beginnings of his hair. God damn it. So he's connected to the ceiling? Yeah. Huh. I believe so. I mean, that would make more Although, sense than just I mean, we do know he can fly. Yep. <laughs> yep, okay. Yep, it's all good. So where are we? Yeah, Arena is... So Dio is up there. Meanwhile, Jojo and Arena have a moment. A very deep, bloody moment. Yeah, so she's like cradling his dying body. And then, is this where she kisses him? Yeah, she's like, yeah. I'm not going to go. I'm going to stay here and die with you um, because alas. we'll be together forever. Yeah, and then she sort of moves in, goes to kiss him and is like, alas, on these lips I taste the sweet taste of death or something. Yeah, she says, I feel the cool ebbing of his life. Jonathan Joestar is dying, but we are together. I want to stay like this until the ship explodes and everything burns to ash until everything is gone and sad piano music starts playing. It was romantic right up until I want to stay here until the ship explodes. <laughs> Yeah, less, yeah. less romantic. Very Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, it is. It's a bit... Ooh. Remember how um, Romeo thought that Juliet had poisoned herself, so he blew up the, the tomb that they were in? <laughs> she wanted to stay there until the tomb exploded, but alas, she tasted the poor taste of death. Mm-hmm. And then we get a shot of like a storm raging outside, and the steam pressure building, and everything is building inexorably towards an explosion and a climax. <laughs> Everything's building to a climax here, people. Everything. Everything. And then Jojo raises his shaking hand up and taps her on the cheek and is like, look, a baby. Yo, mofo, go over there. Get that baby. Yeah. Motherfucker. And she's like, you can't ask me to to leave you to save the child. That's so cruel. Listen up. You're going to go save that kid or else I'm going to die alone. He's like, that woman died saving her child and my mum did the same for me when I was a kid. So It's very like, hey, hey. Don't be impractical. It's very Jojo's Bizarre Adventure, The Next Generation. Ooh. Yeah. I was saying to you that I thought that that was going to be the next Jojo because it's like, what? I mean, it's not unreasonable. Un- unreasonable. I mean, thought. I would have preferred if it was actually a son, which, I mean, it is. But we're getting there. It's actually getting... a girl. Ooh. 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 Oh. What? The... The baby. Oh. Spoiler alert. So Dio's still there. <laughs> 
course, dear. He's friend. like, I'm determined to live. You'll never stop me, Jojo. Zombies, hither! And then shit tons of zombies, zombies burst, burst through, through the wall. wall. <laughs> You're just like, God, how many zombies are there? Yeah, not everyone on the ship, basically, yeah, I think. Pretty much everyone at this yeah. point. So Except you... that ragtag group of teens over there with like a few axes. And their and damn dog. <laughs> if it wasn't for them, Dio would have gotten away with it. <laughs> so I think at this point... And then Dio... he kills their damn dog. <laughs> yeah, I think at this point Dio's like, right, stop the mechanism. Yeah, he wants them to eat Wang Chung's bodies, the mechanism. Yeah, but they can't in time. Yeah, the explosion basically happens straight after that. Yeah. Now... The thing with the explosion there mm-hmm. is that that's not the last explosion, but, like, the entire deck effectively explodes. Yeah, fire goes everywhere. Um, and then when you go back in there, it's like, oh, yeah, there's some fire, but most of the people seem unscathed. Well, Jonathan grabs Arena and shields her from the from the blast, and he gets, like, a back full of big metal plates. Yeah. Dio seems relatively unscathed. <laughs> yeah, well, he's, re- he's a very small target, isn't he? He's also a very vampire. <laughs> yeah. So he'd probably be fine if he got hit anyway. Yeah. I think the last thing that happens is with Arena is that we see her being like, no. And then that's the last we see of her. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. But um, before that happens though, or maybe after that, doesn't matter. Dio shoots like crazy vein tentacles yeah. out of his neck and wraps them around Jonathan's neck. And is like, I'm coming for you. And then Jonathan grabs one of the blades from his back and then slices him off and then cradles yeah. the head of Dio. So he slumps down and he's hugging Dio's head to his chest, restricting his movement mm-hmm. with his huge, with his ogre strength. There, there. I feel a warm camaraderie towards you. And then Dio's like, yo, 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 you know you can be immortal, right? Well, you can jo- be immortal. Jo- Jojo's last words, he has, he has a monologue about how Dio was right and they are going to go down together. Um, but then his last words are to Arena and she says, he says, farewell to you, my beloved. And she leaves. So then Dio's like, Jonathan, let me go. Come on, seriously, man. This isn't funny. Bro. He's like, bro, do you on. want power? I'll give you power. I can heal your wounds and make you live forever with Arena. That'd yeah. be cool, right? And then we find out that he's already dead. <gasps> Jonathan Jawstar, February 7, 1889. Perfect. The shot goes sort of like portraity. It yeah. becomes like a, a painting. Which is very fitting of the times. Yeah. The ship explodes and Arena escapes in the coffin. Dio referred to it as his velvet boudoir in the dove because it had been reinforced to uh, Good Lord. Protect, withstand any potential ship explosions. Velvet boudoir. Yeah, well, it's probably velvet lined. Ugh. It probably is, actually. So decadent. Yeah. Now, I can't really talk about this coffin in great detail. Uh, oh? Because we'll find out many episodes down the line... That something is company. That this is the... The nexus of one of the great, the, one of the most significant plot holes in the series. Oh, okay, interesting, interesting. Yeah. All right. Okay. Kid has it, I guess. Dio's in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. That seems reasonable, right? Yeah. Okay. I can't tell if you're being like, yeah, to throw me off the track or not. Exactly. Let's keep it ambiguous. Oh shit. <laughs> okay. Re Jonathan Joestar's death. I have an excerpt of an interview with Hirohiko Araki, or possibly reverse that. Okay. The author. Yep. He says, uh, One thing you weren't supposed to do in those days was let your main character die. That was another forbidden act. Mm. We had a meeting as to whether that will happen first, and it was decided in a meeting that we'd kill the main character. Because of this, I had to drastically change the story's characters and portray events that I didn't show in part one and part two. Uh, excerpted a bit. Mm. Omitted a bit. And he says, I had a story devised up until part three, but because the story convention required part two to be different to part one, I created Joseph. Uh. Interesting. There you go. Yeah. Joseph's the next guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we see um, Arena emerge from the coffin as the ship has already exploded. It's daytime now. A very dramatically titanic fashion. Yeah, okay. Yeah. There was room in the coffin for two, Arena. (laughs) 
the thing is, like, when when you see the ship explode, you're just like, Rune's still there, though. And then it just goes off, and you're like, um, okay. You thought she had died for a bit, yeah, didn't you? I was just like, okay, so maybe the baby survived or some <laughs> shit, or maybe Dio's still, I don't fucking know. And then, no, the coffin. I was like, ah, oh, yes, not Deus Ex Machina. <laughs> we, we find that arena was picked up, like, two or three days later. In the Canary Islands. Yeah, yeah, that would have been an unpleasant time for her. And the baby. Yeah, no. She um she monologues about how um Jonathan saved the world, but but no one will ever know his story because it's just a little secret history. Yeah, slice of history. In the dub, yeah, you know, this is something that you that you sort of missed, but mm. uh because of the way they translated the subs. But in the dub, she says, uh, "The life within me, newly created by Jonathan and I, will certainly hear his story." Oh yeah, that's a bit more frontal, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, that's that's got a that's got a real nice punch to it. I yeah, think. Yeah, that's a bit too much punch. You think so? Well, it's sort of like. Ah, uh, yes, the new life inside of me that Jonathan put in there. <laughs> By the way, guys, we totally had sex. By the way, dudes, I'm super preggers. <laughs> yeah, it's a bit like, hey, guys, guess what? We burned! <laughs> As opposed to the new life inside me, which I was like, oh, okay. All right, so maybe she's preggers. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And our final shot of the series. Um, which is sick, might I add. Yep. It's um, amazing. It's a big vista of the sun coming up over the uh, ocean. Uh, arena's in the coffin. And, uh, Tightly grasping the baby. Yep. Jonathan and Dio are at the bottom of the ocean forever. Uh, <laughs> forever. And we get a, a, a selection of headshots of various people from the series. Which is amazing. Which I c- don't really understand the the uh, criteria that was used to include them, to be honest. Yeah, neither do I. I, 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 I listed all of them. I, I mean, I don't care, but like... Starting from the right and going to the left. Yep. Danny the dog. Bruford. Strazzo. Zapelli. George, Tom Petty, Jojo, Speedwagon, Poco, and his sister. I mean, you know, it's all important characters. Yeah. The dog was important. Yep. Yeah. Uh, George was important. Yes, George was important. Dio's not there. Dio's not there. <laughs> but he's a bad guy, I guess. So, important yep. good guys, I guess. I guess. Take that, Dyer. <laughs> Suck it, Straits. No, he was there. Wait, Straits was there? Yeah. But Dyer wasn't. Yeah. See, that's what I mean. Okay, hold up. <laughs> wait, no, wait. Dyer's... Stri- what? <laughs> okay, sure. Wait, which one died? Was it Dyer or Straits? Dyer died. But Straits is there. Yeah. But Dyer isn't. Yeah. Even though Dyer... What? Exactly, right? It's a bit confusing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, no. Okay. Well, one day we might crack the code, but it could take a supercomputer. Yeah. So on this shot, the narrator um, takes us out for part one. I think you'll really like his dub monologue. <laughs> Go on. He says, uh, The book of the stone mask was closed for a time, but that was only the beginning of a new... Bizarre adventure. Oh, how bizarre. Oh, I love it. And then, in a bit added only for the anime, um, we cut to, as the opening uh, notes of Roundabout are playing, a, a strange-looking ruin in South America. Uh, Oddly specific, but okay. Goes through, it goes through a long, ominous tunnel. A weird, like, Geiger-looking tunnel as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice uh, observation there. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we see a, a strange-looking statue of a man. In stone. Yeah. To be continued. Yeah, it's good shit. So, um, looking back at part one, your thoughts? Damn good! Yeah. Damn good! This gets a lot of, like, criticism as, like, the most boring JoJo part, but I think it really works as a, um... I'm sorry, the most boring JoJo... Just because everything after that sort of escalates in tone. I'm sorry, okay, hold on, hold on. This is the most boring one. Uh, Boring is maybe the wrong word, but some people will use that. Like, uneventful? It's... 
the mo it is certainly the most sort of um straightforward yeah, in plot. Like the standard. Yeah. Yeah. For for all that is a valid criticism, it is a really tight and neat story, I find. Yeah, it's just damn good. And it has a lot of like interesting themes about like the the the, the feud they have and mm. and it's just re- it's just done so well. Mm. And all the narration. I have another quote that we might get to next episode. Um but uh from this point on, a lot of the conflict becomes a bit more sort of cerebral and based about on trying to like outwit each other, and you see yeah. a bit of that in like JoJo versus Dio in uh, this arc. But there are times where it's just pure strength. Yeah, a lot of the the confrontations with this are just about like believing in yourself and beating down your opponent. Yeah. And even though I really love that JoJo rely later JoJo relies on the the cunning and the trickery, and I think that's more interesting than a lot of your stock anime fights. Yeah. It can be refreshing to come back to something so simple. Mm. And it's a nice, like, uh, starting point to say, yeah, we're gonna just beat each other up. Yeah. And later down the line say, yeah, we need to stop beating each other up and start thinking now. And of course, this also works as a really good starting point for the rest of the series because even though Jonathan's a bit bland, he works really well as, like, the sort of perfect upright gentleman character Mm. because everyone else is inevitably going to be compared back to him. Yeah. And if they're not the perfect gentleman. So he's, he's just like the hero archetype of the, the series. Mm. My God, was he a great hero. <laughs> he was probably 12 feet tall by the end of this season. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's so ridiculous, but like, so beautiful, you know? Yeah, yeah, I do, I do know what you mean. Yeah, so good. There are no words, Liam. There are no words to fully encapsulate the wonders, the bizarreness of this adventure so far. A lot of I found a lot of it really touching in ways that shows don't often get to me. Like, yeah, Irina and Jonathan's final moments together were really sad. I found mm, you actually feel something. Yeah, she doesn't want to go, but she has to because new life. Blah blah blah. Yeah. And she's like, okay, well, maybe I should go and then actually save your son. Yeah, which is deep. It's like, do I stay with you and remember this moment, or do I carry on the lineage? Which will probably be tainted by Dio at some point. To some regard or another, every I've mentioned this before, every other subsequent part of the show is can be can be traced back to the JoJo and Dio feud. Every part of the show though? I'd say so. Oh god. I mean not every 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 aspect of it, but there's a part of every part of yeah. JoJo. Alright. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> So, Nick. Oh, no! Oh, God. Okay. All right. What's going to happen next time in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 2, Battle Tendency? Battle Tendency. I'll talk more about the meaning of that phrase next time. Okay. Uh, well, ooh. I think... Okay, so start with the obvious. Okay, I think Jonathan is probably going to be dead. I think he's going to pull through. (laughs) (laughs) You know, maybe it'll be like one of those like bait and switch moments. Um, no, Jonathan's dead. Ah, maybe they'll unveil Dio, but then they'll never come back to him? Maybe? Like, as in, like, so, at the start of the episode, it'll be, like, Dio and, uh, Jojo on the ship. And Dio's like, I need to make my move off this ship. And then he, like, runs off the ship somehow. I have no idea. With his legs. With his, like, tentacle legs. Uh, does, like, a The Thing, where it's like, and just, like, crawls along the ground and then eventually jumps off the ship or something. Uh... Makes his way to South America and gets a new statue body for himself. Yeah, yeah. he gets a new body that's so ornate. Made of rock. Yeah, it's like a god or something. Um, let me think. The new Joseph Joestar will be introduced. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what to expect of him, but I hear that he's not a gentleman. Mmm. Mmm. And what's it's set in 1938? Yeah. He's probably not a mob boss. He's probably some ruffian from the street. And then Arena's going to be there, and she's going to be hella old at that point. What's she going to be, like, 60? Don't know how old she is now, to be honest. 
Oh, they're probably still 18. It's 50 years later, so... Yeah. They are, they're probably, yeah, still 18 and 19. Yeah, so she's going to be there being like, You boys didn't know your father! In my day, we had to fight vampires without any <laughs> newfangled technologies. We had Harmon! None of these guns are yours! Uh, yeah. The war was happening in 1938, wasn't it? I think... I think or was it's still pre-war, but like tensions are ramping up. Yeah, it was. No, it must have been 1939. Then again, it's America who didn't get involved until later. True, true. Um, and so, they travelled to America. There you go. So maybe Speedwagon will come back, given that he's Speedwagon. Paco's not going to come back because we've already told him Paco's not coming back. Um, what's going to happen to Speedwagon? Speedwagon might come and just like live with the Joe Stars as like their butler or something. No, no, I would just say, like, he just comes and is like, yeah, yeah. I'm here now. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> and just, like, comforts Arena. And here if you like... need me, although I might just get in the way. <laughs> yeah. It'd be really funny if he goes over there and is like, Arena, I'm here for you. But Jonathan was too much of a gentleman for me to take advantage of you. <laughs> and just everyone, every day is like, the memory of Jonathan is still fresh after 50 years. That, seem, that seems pretty comprehensive to me. Yeah, like, you know, we're just going to get a few characters coming back. I don't think Dyer... Dyer... Or Straits is going to come back. Well, Dyer's dead. Yeah. Well, you know, he could come back. He could try. Uh, the old Harmon. Oh! Maybe the most dead you could be since yeah. he was shattered into a million pieces. Yeah, but Harmon's pretty weird. Um, who was the Harmon master? Tom Petty. Tom Petty. He might make a return. Maybe as, like, Joseph grows older, he seeks Tom Petty again. Or maybe Tom Petty seeks out Joseph to be like, I knew your father. He was a great man. You must now learn the secrets of Hamon. Right, right. Yeah, something like that. And then that weird stone dude is probably going to be intermingled somewhere, but I have no idea how. Uh, there's going to be another dog. Is there another dog? I can't remember. I fully expect every single part to have a new dog. Possibly going to get kicked in the head, but then again, maybe not. You never know. Okay, um, so that, that about wraps it up for JoJo's Bizarre Adventure Part 1. To take us out, I want to uh, thank our, new, our latest iTunes reviewer. Lython73 had some very nice things to say about us. Thank you very much. Very much appreciated. And uh, to those of you who are out there who listen and would like to do likewise, we would very much appreciate it, not only for sort of self-gratification <laughs> purposes, but because every rating and review makes the show m- that much more visible on iTunes, and that's how you help new people find it. And if you just go, man, you guys need to stop talking, you can just type that in. And it's constructive And then you, you don't right? press enter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> If you just give us one star and then forget to press enter, we'll love you even more. And here's a deal. Um, if you rate or review us on iTunes, and uh, we'll thank you on the air. And uh, if you do that, give us an email and we'll, uh, if you have something you want us to plug, we'll do it. It's just that simple. Yeah, or tweet at us at uh, Jojo Podcast on Twitter. I mean, you could just plug yourself there as well. True. Yeah. <laughs> just mention us and then it'll just show up. Boom. Instant now, we are we are recording a bit of a backlog right now. So um, if any future reviews come in and uh, there may be a bit of a delay in receiving the thanks, but we will get to it in due time. Yeah, it's currently what? June? June 20... Well, I, I have a very busy period coming up, so we're hoping to record... Um, three or four. Three or four to cover that. So that's a t- about a 10-week period. But... uh Oh, boy. <laughs> You know, get it in before then, or um, wait for it afterwards. We are the best advertisement firm. Yeah, yeah. We might not get them out for another ten weeks, but when we do get it out, it's going to be okay. But until then, we'll see you next time on JoJo's World for part two, Battle Tendency. Dun-dun-dun. I still need to, like, play Metal Gear Solid 5 and figure out why everyone's like, quiet.
She's very useful. Well, no, I hear that um, she just shoots people, and she's just like, someone's coming for you. Oh, yeah. The, whole the, base the first alive. time I tried using her, I you get that reflex mode thing where, like, when a dude spots you, you can slow-mo try to stop him. So I was lining up the perfect tranquilizer headshot. I shoot it, and just as the dart is flying towards him, a sniper bullet comes <laughs> perpendicular in and just blows his brains out, and then the dart hits him. 